0: Bombus, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase.
2: Welcome to the Jack and Joe Show. We talk about property, business, and everything in between. Hosted by Jack Heskin Taylor and Joe McCarthy. Sharing the stories of entrepreneurs, property investors, and our journey to health, wealth, and happiness.
1: Welcome to another episode of the Jack and Joe Show with me, Jack Esken-Taylor. Me, Joe McCarthy. Today we're here with the Director of Peninsula Property, one of the biggest HMO management companies in Merseyside. He's got 16 years of property experience and he's also got his own portfolio as well. Welcome Joe, Joe Binley. Thank you. How are you, Joe? I'm very well, I'm very well. It's very nice what you said about me. So.
2: That <laughs> <laughs> am no, good. I'm really good. Great. Yeah. Nice little introduction. So, um, yeah, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, when did you get started in property? So, been in been in
0: property pretty much all of my adult life, yep. after school, straight, straight into property, work experience as a kid in property, um, estate agency, worked up in corporate agents, um, a couple of local ones, Chester, Liverpool. Um, four years ago, started building up my own portfolio, um, started property sourcing, um started doing little bits of management here and there yep. educational stuff um and from there coupled with getting a little bit sick of working for somebody else um, went off on went off on my own and kind of went head first jumped in and here we are five years down the line um and i haven't really haven't really looked back so yeah it's it's painful it's painful at times <laughs> but it's um it's yeah it's good yeah five years now um, the, the the business has been going so sourcing initially um, and now we're we're really building up the the lettings and the management side of things so
2: yeah yeah so um, what will be your speciality when it comes to the lettings and management I think it was the HMOs you mentioned? yeah
0: so the the, the, the HMOs are our, I w- I won't say they are bread and butter because we, we heavily rely on single lets as well but I guess if you were to if you were to Google us if you were to look at us or locally we're we're probably known more for for HMO management yeah. um, one because I think we do it really well, um, and two because there's not really anybody else that likes getting their the hands dirty and getting involved in HMO management. There's a bit of a stigma with HMOs and with with management of HMOs in general. Um, but I think if it's done right, we we've certainly had success with it. Um, yeah. You know, we manage now over over two hundred and fifty units right. um, ac- across the Wirral. Um, across Liverpool, and we're we're certainly one of the biggest in the northwest, and certainly in Merseyside. We are the biggest, so um, I, I guess you could say we're 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 better known for HMOs because it's yeah. what we do really well. But single lets are a big part of our
2: of our business as well. Yeah, very good. So, um, in relation to the HMOs, what hmm. would be kind of one of the things, one of the kind of common issues that might come up in in HMO management? <sighs> management and management itself if you if if you think if you've got a sing a
0: two bed single let property it's got one one or two tenants in it, it's a breeze. You know, you collect your five hundred pound a month rent, charge charge your percentage, off it goes to the landlord, Mm -hmm. you you inspect it every four months. It's easy. If you can imagine you've got six plus tenants living in a HMO property, they're all they've all got different, you know, um timetables, they're all doing different things. It's six plus personalities it it becomes a different it becomes a different ball game altogether so i think you've got to be really careful with that we 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 do things a little bit differently so we're we're a 24 7 365 agent so we we have to be on call 24 7 we're one of the only agents in the area who are regulated by the council
1: nice
0: um again we have quite strict standards to to maintain a lot of landlords that you'll you'll talk to have HMO portfolios we say they're a nightmare they're they're either self managing landlords who maybe aren't doing it very well yeah um, or they've got the wrong quality of tenants in them so five years ago when we first started doing this a a, a HMO room would define would be defined by a a room without a fire door with a, a single bed in it yeah some crappy ikea furniture <laughs> um, and the landlord will collect the rent weekly
1: yeah. and
0: it, and it <laughs> was wrong like that and they were generally let to housing benefit tenants tenants yeah. who couldn't afford one bed flats mm. that's the kind of thing yeah. now our, our hmos are, are the complete opposite end of the scale so yeah. everything that we do it's it's high spare yeah. most of them are on suites they're all top-end furniture we do Or work for big companies locally. So we do, we do Camelads, we do Unilever, we do the three local hospitals on the Wirral. And generally, if they're looking for rooms, these guys look for rooms. They'll come to us. Yeah. Um yes. so we're we we're, we're pretty well known locally for rooms. You go on spare room, those things, you know, generally the kind of top ones that come up are, are generally ours amongst others. Yeah. There's still some some really good self managing landlords out there, but I think it's now becoming a bit of a dying breed.
2: Yeah, it seems like especially here like in Merseyside and Liverpool, HMOs do seem to be kind of there's a lot of competition right there right now. So yeah. in order to kind of stand up, stand out, we're seeing that you know it has to be done up to the high spec. The that's it, that's, it, that's exactly what's needed. We we found last year when the new licensing
0: came in. So mm. the like new licensing came in October last year for five bed HMOs, yep. a lot of landlords just fell out of love with them. So mm. they'd either a lot of them turned them back into single lets, you know, yep. into big houses, family homes. Um a lot of landlords just said, Do you know what, I'll get rid. Right. Um yeah. just because they'd fallen out of love with them. They maybe didn't have the the heart to spend the money on them upgrading fire doors, alarm systems, whatever it may be. So we're, we're just over 98% occupied, which um, it's not always that way, uh, but we're always in and around those numbers. Um, and I think that's just on the back of the way we do things that you know, are on management levels, we've got now four members of staff in the office, um, and that, that's growing. Um, we already within come March, we're going to be introducing probably another 50 rooms to the market nice. in terms of refurbance, what's going on at the minute. Um, so it's, it's always growing um, so yeah so certainly early signs at the minute are, are still pretty good
1: okay that's locally. good just had a quick question about sort of like common mistakes that, that people make with HMOs yeah. is there anything that you generally see all the time when landlords come to you and say can you take this management on yeah
0: I mean a lot of landlords we're, we're always really careful where we invest and where our clients invest so yeah. the, certainly the Wirral not so much Liverpool but the, the Wirral's a really a really strange place yeah. because you yeah. could be you know, no no disrespect to it, but you could be in in the arse end of Birkenhead. Um, you drive two minutes up the road, you know, you're you know, you're you're a detached property that's, you know, twenty times the price tag of yeah. what that property was in Birkenhead. And so I think and again, even in the the better areas there are good roads and there are bad roads. So I think many landlords will look for we do things in, in initially when we we're, we're we're looking for property. A little bit almost backwards so we will rather than looking for individual properties yeah. we will look at the individual areas first we'll then find a property within that area so so many landlords come to me say I've bought this property in this road and I'm thinking that road's awful <laughs> you know and we're, yeah. we're not always right don't get me wrong you know sometimes I've said to Lance before that's not gonna work and it's worked yeah um, but nine times out of 10, they, we do so much due diligence, so much research. Um, it's always handy having a portfolio property so you know what works already. Yeah. Um, but I think it's about having that local knowledge. So I think many landlords go wrong because they'll go running after the property or they'll get excited, I've got this property, and they'll then realise further down the line, it maybe isn't gonna work from an area point of view, a refurb point of view. A lot of HMOs, you've got to rejig re, you know, yeah. them round. We have a lot of landlords who say, I've bought a three-bed house that I'm going to turn into a 5 bed HMO. I want it to have all on suites and I'll yeah. say great so you've had it you've had a drain survey no So well, you know you, these drains have got to go somewhere you know so sometimes there's a lot more thinking involved yeah mm. um, that's why I think for for us education is a big thing property education is a big thing I think the the, the market is becoming more professional yeah. landlords are thinking outside the box from what they were if you compare it to something like 10 years ago where you know, a get rich quick scheme by buying a load of two bed terraced houses. Yeah. You know now landlords are doing HMOs, doing serviced accommodation, looking at land with planning permission. You know, there's yeah. there's so many different niches that you can look at now. Um, but for us, whatever you're looking at, my biggest advice will be put the put the research and speak to speak to a professional. Yeah, we would much rather people come to us and say, "I'm looking at this. Yeah. What do you think?" Rather than coming to me and saying, "I've bought this already," yeah, 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 yeah. Mm. can you get me out of the shit? Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> you know, so it's um, for us. Get do your due diligence. You know, get your speak to your council, speak to the agent, speak to your builders. Yeah. Um, get everything in black and white. You know, mm. things like with the HMO officers at the council, make sure they're aware of things at the very early stages. As as much of a, of a pain as they can be, they're there to work with you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so just just get get all your groundwork done. Yeah. Um, initially, and you, you you'll generally be okay.
1: Okay, so w- with reference to, to like landlords bringing properties to you, do you get many people coming to you with two three bed properties saying I'm going to do you know a mini HMO or mini MOS? Yeah, say. yeah,
0: we do. It's become it's become more more common. Yeah. Um, I think landlords now are, and quite rightly so are probably scared off by the eight, nine, ten bed HMOs. Yeah. They don't really work. There's not many properties that suit. Yeah. Um, obviously, voids are a lot higher. So, landlords now are trying to get into mini mo's, as they call them, where you know you're maybe buying a two, three bed terrace, converting into a four bed HMO. Yeah. Uh, one, they're easier to manage. We don't really get any local demand from local people for those, uh, they're, they're generally southern based investors yeah. or overseas investors. Mm. Um, and again, we'll, we'll work in the exact same way, even though they're not licensable. Mm-hmm. we will still do will we'll always try and future proof them so yeah. we'll always put fire doors in them we'll always put alarm systems in them one you're future proofing it yeah to your tenants are safe yeah um and you, we can all sleep better at night yeah and two you just bring a better uh, better quality of product to the market if you then as as the council did last year where they changed the, the licensing regulations yeah i think as hmos become more popular which they, cert- they are certainly in the north of england mm. um the likeness of it is they'll probably move the goalposts again at some point you know we don't want to be going back to our clients and saying well that refurb you did 18 months ago you've now got to spend another five six thousand pound putting fire doors in putting an alarm system in yeah it's just bad management so we we do do everything that we can we would do on a five bed on a four bed yeah the same Same um and and for us that works but yeah i mean the the model is very much the same you're attracting a, a a a similar Quality of tenant, yeah. If anything, they're a little bit easier to let because they're a bit more personal. Okay, tenants okay. tend to enjoy living more with, in, with a smaller amount of tenants. Nice. So, what, um,
1: what's the um, we've referenced like. Having all ensuite rooms and, mm. and you know, maybe if you had a three bed terraced house, it like you said it'd be hard to squeeze on yeah. suites and what's yeah. the demand like for properties where they're sharing maybe all tend to share in one or two bathrooms? Yeah, I mean it's um it's it's certainly lower,
0: but again yeah. I think going back to when we were speaking about the marketing, I think that yeah. as long as you're marketing it in the correct way. So we we had a four-bed property in Rock Ferry that um it was a, a four-bed Two bath, so yeah. it was. We managed to get a bedroom downstairs, a communal living space, kitchen downstairs as well. Under the stairs, we managed to convert to so a shower room. Upstairs, we have three bedrooms and another bathroom. So it was four four rooms sharing two bathrooms. Yeah. Um, we knew that the the market there wasn't going to be high high end. Um the first thing we did, you look at the property, you look at the location. Okay, what's it on the doorstep of? Let's go and talk to Camelette. Yeah. Camelheads took all the rooms off us, 12 month leases. And again, it's about being proactive. Yeah. You can't sit there, put it on spare room, put it on right move and sit there and wait for the phone to ring, you know, yeah. those days are gone. Um, so again, I think it's about knowing your market, knowing your property, um, and on the back of that, you're generally pointing in the right direction.
2: All right. Thanks for all the tips there now. on HMOs. Just wanted to touch base on single lets uh-huh. and uh, tell us a bit about your experience with them. Um, to, to be honest with you, I've actually got more experience in single
0: lets than we have HMOs. We were kind of pushed down the garden path with with HMOs when we were setting the business up. But I've got a, a portfolio of single let properties myself. Um, when I when I first got involved in property, it was always single lets. You know, HMOs were unheard of. Yeah. Service accommodation was unheard of. It was all very. Single let, single let, single let. So, um, portfolio of single lets, we manage over a 100 single lets within the business. Yeah. Um, again, for an array of people all around the world, um, you know, local people overseas, southern based, a um, little bit of everything. Yeah. Um, again, I think locally there's a, a really good single let market out there. Um, Again, with Birkenhead, it's a strange place. Wallasey's a strange place. You know, you've got good roads, bad roads, mm, roads yeah. you won't go anywhere near. Yeah. So, it's, especially for a more novice investor, you need to you need to make sure you're advising them in the best way because mm. they'll see. You know, if you think if you're a London-based investor and you see a property in Birkenhead for thirty thousand pounds, you're probably not going to care where it is. Yeah. Uh, you know it could be in the middle of Beirut and uh, London based investor would, would probably still buy it because it's £30,000 but it's only when you sit down you go over the numbers with them, you go over the risk with them mm. um, yeah. and as a, as a local agent you know I live in the area, work in the area you, you almost feel you have a duty to these people by yeah. saying well have you considered this this and this and not, not every deal is like that you know there are still yeah. some great deals out there um, but you have to try and convince these guys that not just because it's cheap doesn't mean it's a good
2: deal. Yeah, yeah. So say, um, say if they're interested in a house, say on a scale of one to ten, and one being the Bronx and ten being Manhattan. <laughs> if you were like in an area that was like say a two or a three, yeah. Uh, how would you go about say screening the tenants, doing the due diligence on the tenants prior yeah. to letting them? I off? mean,
0: without sounding awful, there's
2: there's there's somebody out there for every single
0: property. Yeah. Um, you know, we're not all gonna get you know the Queen's not going to move to Birkenhead tomorrow is she you know so it's you know you've got you've got to be realistic you know there are there are certain roads that have certain people living within them it's their home that's fine you know so again your tenant selections key certainly on single lets not so much on the on the HMO side of things because the professional lets are the professional lets with with the single lets you know it's it's about your tenant selection it's about matching the right tenants up with the right property so we do a lot of work with the council so we do a lot of work with um sheltered accommodation the different sheltered units within the council the homelessness teams things like that so we try and give back as an agent um and, and help the councils you know so if they have um you know somebody who they've been looking after who's been in in council accommodation we'll contact them and they're maybe going through a consultation period with them. We'll say, okay, yeah. well, we've maybe got this property um, in Birkenhead or in Wallasey, wherever it may be. Um, Would they be interested in it? And nine times out of 10, they would come back and they, they would look at it. Yeah. Um, The, the councils are oh, as bad as they are. They, you know, with all the cutbacks and everything else, you know, they, they are still trying to do do a service to these, these yeah. tenants, you know, with the homelessness teams and things like that
2: say so you had a private landlord come to you now and you're marketing it out to a tenant a tenant comes to you um what way would you do the referencing like what kind of has anyone ever tried to pull the wool over your eyes Yeah, and your all, 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 the time, and, all the yeah. time i mean no day i
0: mean i'll be honest with you when we some some days you feel like you're not a letting agent you feel like you're a social worker you feel <laughs> you feel you feel like you're the police you feel like you're the I feel like I'm the dad sometimes you know because you some some of the people that we meet on a on a general day-to-day basis it's not it can be a really can be a really satisfying job but it can re- also be a really dissatisfying job so we do reference on all tenants whether they're renting a, a room a single let so we use a, a local company to do all of our referencing yeah. checks um it's it's a thorough reference as well so we have um last three years residency employer checks guarantor checks Mm. ccj checks you know you name it Mm. there's 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 referencing done now the where 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 the issue lies is there's nothing stopping a tenant putting on and this is not just with us this is with any agent across the country there's nothing stopping a tenant being evicted from our property um and putting on an application form that she's rented off of their best friend. Right. Their best friend was their landlord and their best right. friend's gonna give them a glowing reference, it's gonna come back to me and say, yeah, they paid their rent on time, there were no problems. Mm. Yeah. So there's a there's, there's a bigger issue with it, I think that it's, it's more of a society issue than, we tried We tried a few years ago, funny story for you, we tried a few years ago to get a, um, a blacklist tenant database. Right. Between me, a couple of the other local agents, big agents, um, letting agents, we, we all club together, and we said, okay, if we, if I've had a bad tenant, I'll put this tenant on the, the tenant database, yeah. and all these other agents will be able to access the database, and you can leave comments. You know, yeah. they left owing X amount of arrears, whatever, and you're almost doing your own due diligence on these people before they even applied. If they were on the list, mm. yeah. they weren't moving in. <laughs> cool. um, problem with that is that the, the council got involved in it very quickly because, yeah, yeah the pro- problem with the council, the problem the council had with it is that if, if private landlords and letting agents weren't going to let properties to these people, they then became the council's problem. Yeah. And the council don't want problems. Mm. The council don't have enough property as it is. So they, we, we, we quickly, very quickly received a solicitor letter. Really. Um, saying we were we were breaching tenants' human rights, it was a breach of data protection wow. so we, we we very quickly had to take that down but I, th- I think something like that is needed um, yeah. certainly for private landlords you know it's
1: you even if it meant that you just got a bigger deposit or you yeah. needed more yeah, or yeah I it mean benefits yeah like, it? yeah
0: I mean a lot any any tenant on benefits now with with the new universal credit system. Um, you you'll talk to many people on the new universal credit system, and they say it's an absolute nightmare. Don't touch a tenant on universal credit; you get nothing but problems. The reality is, it's a system that works if you if you if you line all your ducks in a row. Yeah. So if you um, before a tenant moves in, if you get them to fill in the necessary forms, if you get them to fill in the necessary paperwork to get you rent direct. Mm-hmm. Yeah. um Nine times out of ten, many landlords don't do that, which is why they have problems further down the line. Can you
1: still do that? You can, can still do, do that? that, yeah.
0: yeah. Okay. They, the, the tenant does have to meet a certain criteria, so that's okay. always something I'd say to listeners, if they're thinking, oh, I'm just going to apply to get my rent paid direct to me. Mm-hmm. Um, talk to me first if you need any help on it. Um, generally, we, we, we don't have any, so all of, all of our tenants, we probably have 20% of our tenants on housing benefit, okay. all Every single tenant has rent paid direct to us, so none yeah. of our tenants or every renter is. Yeah. yeah. Um. It's a system that can work. It's still a like with anything. It's still a developing system, yeah. and it still does have its flaws. I'm not going to say it sit here and say it's great, but because it, it still has its flaws, like with anything, like with many councils. <laughs> um, but it's a system that if you play it right, it can work. Mm. Um, you know. So hopefully that then stops problem tenants and everything else.
1: Yeah. Okay.
0: I'm still I'm still a social worker though.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I seem to see I say I've seen a lot over the years.
0: Yeah, there there's probably not many things. No no days ever the same and that's what <laughs> that's what I always say to our new starters that come in. Um we took on an apprentice not so long ago and um I kind of said to you know Everybody thinks buy-to-let landlords have got loads of money. It's an easy system. They just sit there counting their money all day. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, the reality is, it's it's the complete opposite. It's tough out. It's probably tougher than ever. Yeah. You know, there's so many more people wanting to. do the, the amount of people I speak to on a daily basis, who say, "I'm going to, I'm going to buy a property portfolio and I'm going to give up work." You know, this time next year we'll be millionaires and all that kind of thing. You know, and the reality is it's very different and it's uh, it's very tough out there. Yeah. Um, but. If you do it right, as I said before, if you get the good advice, if you speak to the right people, mm-hmm. um, get the correct education, yeah. you're know, you, you you're putting yourself in the best possible place.
1: Yeah, nice, okay. Mm, so have you got any sort of advice for, let's say to some listeners now looking to invest in HMOs or single lets on <laughs> the will, we've had yep. a couple of people get in touch with us since we've yep. started the podcast, actually asking us, yep. reaching out to us, trying to get some information on the area, is there yep. any advice you could give to anyone?
0: Speak to local people. Yeah. So speak to you guys. Speak as 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 the experts, as the sources. Speak to me as as the letting agent. Yeah. Um, don't feel like you can't ask. You know, so many people will say to me, and they'll probably say the same to you. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to bother you. Um, can I just ask you about this? Can I just ask you about that? I mean, we we give out free advice. You know, it's yeah. and we we would much rather, and as I'm sure you boys would, you'd much rather give free advice out to people. Rather than sorting a load of problems up further down the line, because those poor people have gone wrong, whether it be investing in the wrong property, or they've paid too much for a property, yeah. or they've overpaid at an auction, whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. So the best advice I can give, and I would probably have a lot more property now my, myself if I'd have spoke to people in the early yeah. days. I think people, people cut people, and certainly I was guilty of it. You're very cautious. You're waiting for that golden deal to come mm, through. Yeah. The reality is, you could, you can mold any any property into a deal if you're if you're structuring it right if you're buying it right
2: yeah
0: um but sit down do your numbers talk to people um still be cautious because you've always got to be cautious in property but you know you've um you know get get stuck in because there's still deals out there certainly locally yeah um but yeah my biggest biggest thing I could say is pick up the phone yeah. and, you know ask yeah, yeah someone local someone local somebody that knows what they're doing yeah. Um, you know we we will many of our clients we, we've never met you know yeah. because they're they're the other side of the world or whatever it may be and we will openly say to people we, we will give out references to people you know you have to practice what you preach you know and I thought I would always say be very careful with who you deal with your builder yeah. you know you let an agent you know do you do you due diligence do your research if a builder or a letting agent doesn't want to give you a couple of references, you've got to question why. Yeah. Um, you know, and if if you're getting if you're getting good signs, then you know generally you're right.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And you touched on as well there before that you have a 24 hour maintenance <laughs> on call, you're on call yeah. 24 hours. Yeah. So um so that means obviously you've got the systems the systems in place there yeah. to be able to handle all that. Yeah. Um how long does it take for you to build up that system or get that team in place to be we, able to handle
0: it? We, we have a team in place for that. So it's not when when I first set the business up the the, the twenty four hour hotline as we called it was me, okay.
2: So so you were on call twenty four <laughs> hours. I, my
0: wife nearly divorced me <laughs> several <laughs> times because I would get, you know, you're out for a, a meal on a Friday or a Saturday night, yeah. and the phone would go, and a fire alarm system had gone off somewhere. A tenant was smoking in the room and had set the sprinkler systems off, and it was at times it was um, it was it Very was te- cool. it was testing. Let's say. <laughs> Um, now we're a little bit more fortunate whereby we have the phone systems in the office that divert. Um, tenants will, when they leave voicemails, will be pointed in the right direction. So yeah. we have a team of of contractors, whether it be a plumber, whether it be a, a gas engineer, an electrician, whatever yeah. whatever is needed. Yeah. Um, we have guys on standby. And again, I think where a lot of agents will go wrong or a lot of landlords will go wrong is they don't put the foundations in place. So, mm. you know, they'll... A tenants call and tenants tenants can be demanding you know you you. I say several times Well, what would happen if that's, this happened if it was your own property what would you do you know and mm-hmm. as an agent you just have to front that and you have to you have to go with it yeah. um, but I think you know you have to have the foundation in place but with our, with our 24-hour systems we're the only agent on the world to have that yeah. um, and that was a really big selling feature for us the know there's no you you'll get a a voicemail from somebody but nobody will will deal with it if someone's phoning on a Saturday afternoon they're not going to get anything until a Monday um if you're a tenant without heating and hot water you know you're going to be you're going to be pretty cheesed off um so we we like to think we we give tenants a really good service as well and on the back of that our landlords are happy um you know so a lot of landlords and we as an agent we have to remind ourselves you know yes we always try and work with our landlords but without tenants, we wouldn't have any landlords and, mm. and vice versa. So I think it's important to service both of them in, in the same
2: way. Definitely. Yeah, we hear a lot that like the happier a tenant is, the longer they're going to stay, yeah. the less voids you're yeah. going yeah. to have. Absolutely. You know, and I think
0: happening. and I think that goes back to your tenant selection as well. If you're getting, you know, we only, we only actually offer tenancies to probably 80% of people that apply with us. Okay. Um. One, because they might not fit the bill. Yeah. Um, You know, if you're looking at going back to the HMO side of things, if you've got a tent that you think, okay, then maybe not going to fit in that, in that environment of that house we'd much rather say no to that tenant or put them onto something else than mm. have a, a house full of people that are unhappy because it's caused disruption, it's caused things, you know, it's caused problems. So, mm. um, but yeah, I f- completely agree with you. You're happy tenants. Uh, yeah. you, well, you've got a happy agent yeah. <laughs> and you've got a happy landlord as yeah. well. So,
2: yeah. I suppose it gets back to what you were saying about doing up the property initially, having it <coughs> properly done up to a very good standard. Do, to do it to your... a
0: good standard. Don't cut corners. Yeah. You know, again, we all go to these properties where, you know, may be being sold and you know you look at them on right move and it says it's gone it's had a full refurb done on it Mm. and you walk in and you think where's where's the refurb you know (laughs) and you know unfortunately it's the way it is poor properties are going to attract poor tenants Mm, and you know that that's just that's a fact you know so from our point of view and the the problem with that is it then causes you problems down the line you've got management problems you've then got conflict with the tenants if mm. things aren't working and it,
1: it, it just it just it f- all falls into a bad experience mm. yeah what, um, what's like a um, <clears throat> with reference to single that's what's a, a common mistake that you have to deal with maintenance all the time where landlords don't really spend enough money on d- damp. damp. damp damp is the
0: biggest thing a lo- in Birkenhead on the Wirral there's a lot of properties with bays in them yeah. Bay windows yeah. uh, a lot <laughs> of terraced roof. houses flat roofs um, A lot of landlords think I'll stick a bit of damp block on in that bay window, cover it with paint and we we won't worry about it. Um, Problem with that is coupled with condensation, which nine times out of ten, tenants generally don't ventilate properties very well. it, it can cause all sorts of problems. You're then, you know, it's it's a huge amount of disruption for the tenant. Yeah. Um, you know, there are so many properties that we get whenever we buy a property for us or for a client, we'll always get a damp report on it. Yeah. Okay. Um, and nine times out of ten, there's always something that needs doing. Yeah. So you either take it on the channel or you renegotiate with with with, with the vendor.
2: Yeah.
0: Right. Um that's something I'd always get done I mean you could you know you go down the route of saying you, you you get a decent kitchen get a decent bathroom that's generally a given yeah. but if you're talking you know proper maintenance yeah. Um, problems yeah I would say damp is the is the biggest thing certainly at this time of year as well yeah, yeah. winter months yeah. Um, it's um it, it, it can be quite problematic we use a local firm who are, who are pretty good yeah, um, and again, it's it's about having the right people to call upon who are going to give you good advice. But yeah. you'll find, especially in those in those bay windows and things it's like it's that. So
1: funny you should say that. I, in in my single letter, I've same, well, i really? I got the same. Well, really, same thing. So the vents underneath the bay window that's been blocked. Yeah. Up. The the um. The render outside the, the property has been done too far down yeah. it's covering all that there's just not covering the airbreaker no, yeah there's yeah. no way no ventilation to yeah. Like it, yeah and the tenants are opening the windows. Yeah. the heating's on. And, and i am, i've had that issue in the past yeah. like I've yeah. had
0: it. yeah. and it's um and it's you know in the a lot of the time it is only a small issue it's condensation and the problem is you've then got your tenants ringing you. Yeah. the house is full of damp i'm not paying my rent i mean the amount of tenants that we have that tell us they have asthma it's it, it's it's ridiculous yeah, you know yeah. I've, I've got asthma i'm not paying my rent and you know it, it 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 can get to a point where it can spiral out of control and again it just makes the whole being a landlord not a very nice place to be you know whereas the reality is if they spent a few hundred quid initially while they were doing the refurb mm. you wouldn't be in this position because you'd have all your guarantees you you know and everything in place yeah, yeah. um hindsight's a wonderful thing isn't it yeah. you know yeah. and, you know and Typical, I'm landlord one myself. Landlords don't like spending money, but you know, you'd much rather be spending the money than having a problem tenant threatening to not pay rent, causing problems further down the line mm. because you you have to, you have to evict that tenant. Yeah. Um. You know, you're you're, you're talking a lot of money in a, a a real real not nice time. You know, whereas, yeah. you know you do you do all your again you do your due diligence, you do your refer properly initially, it makes it, it makes it much easier. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Great. So future proofing it really isn't it? Future proofing it or? yeah absolutely you know future proofing
0: it because eventually you know you've, you've got a bigger picture you know the, the, you, your, your landlord and we, we're we eventually going to sell those properties and if those properties have been maintained to a decent standard you're going to get a lot more for that property it's going to be a lot easier to sell it mm. than if it's dilapidated if it's problems if it's riddled with damp
2: mm-hmm.
0: you know and, and damp becomes then um, becomes a bigger thing the longer it's left and it's it's like with anything you know so by by future proofing it, yes, you're spending the money initially, but you're getting a better quality of tenant who's gonna stay longer. Yeah. So you you you've got less voids, your voids are much lower, and you've then got a much more saleable asset at the end of it when you when you eventually do come to sell. Yeah. So less headaches. Less, less headaches. headaches. We're we're all for less headaches, yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right, so in terms of your own business, so where do you see your business going? What's what's the plans in the future now with your agency? Um so we've been we've been operating for five years. Um, and in that time
0: we, we started with six properties of which of which three of them were mine <laughs> um, yeah. and so we've we've really come on a, on a long journey so I think I think the journey with with with, with the letting agency continues yeah. um, we want to get bigger we want to get better we really want to we want to we want to give give back a little bit now to the community so yeah. we've you know in terms of our I work with the council, we want to continue that, we want to continue to help people. Yep. Um, we personally, um, for, for me, we've, we've built the Letting Agency to such an extent now that it, it almost runs itself. We've got a really good team of people here that um, have a really good work ethic, I have a, really, yep. I've, I've, I've a lot about them. Um, so the Letting Agency almost runs itself, so on a personal level I want to continue to develop my own portfolio. <laughs> um, so I've got a portfolio of 10. Single let. Um mainly Ellesmere Port. I'm originally from Ellesmere Port. Um so bought up there quite a, quite a few properties up up and in, in and around there. So looking to develop that a little bit more, maybe getting into service accommodation, that's something i I'm toying with at the minute. Yeah. Um I also do, like you guys do, sourcing services, so which which actually feeds all, our other businesses. So we do a lot of work with clients overseas. So we've got a big base in Hong Kong at the minute. Nice. Doing a lot of work with clients in Hong Kong um, and the Middle East.
2: Yeah.
1: If you don't mind me asking, to so them, them properties that you've got in your portfolio that yeah. are in elsewhere port, mm. just to give people a bit of an idea, what are you typically buying them for, and what do they rent for? So
0: what what I would generally do is, um, I went through the progressive property, um, educational courses yeah. six or seven years ago, so I've done all that, so I, I kind of I'm on a landlord level. Yeah. Um, so i do i did a lot of direct vendor work um you know a lot of um, leaflet targeting that sort of yeah. stuff. It's a, it's a little bit nerdy i know but little you know leaflets of tar- facebook marketing facebook's a great place to yeah. to target people and market to people do you want to sell your property and you know the success rates aren't aren't always great depending on where you're doing that um to give you an example the last property we bought um was in Ellesmere Port and that was it was a two bed terrace in, it's called the Fields in Ellesmere Port. So it's Ellesmere Port Town Centre, traditional terraced houses, rent every day of the week no problem.
1: Yeah, even the two beds. Yeah. Even,
0: even the two beds, yeah, even the two beds. So we bought it for sixty. Yeah. It needed fifteen K on it. So, you know, we were all in at it seventy five. It's direct to vendor. We paid their legal fees, you know. Nice. Um, and it's worth now I suspect I haven't had it value, but my my guess would be it's worth ninety. Nice, okay. So you, so, did,
1: you didn't do you didn't refinance straight away? No, I
0: haven't refinanced it yet. I've got a tenant, we ha- we actually found a tenant for the property. Um my the, the team here within the letting Agency found me a tenant whilst the refurb was still ongoing. Yeah um and literally as the cleaners were cleaning the property the tenant was moving in right nice. um gets gets me 525 five a month decent, um, decent, um, isn't it? and i'll probably wait till the summer look to refinance if i can refinance it somewhere close to 100k if i get yeah, yeah. a good, decent valuation yeah um then great so yeah, you're in a safe position You've got a lot yeah, of absolutely, there, like, yeah absolutely yeah absolutely pull pull some money out of it to onto the next one of that that's generally the idea and that that's usually the idea with our clients as well you know unless yeah. cl- mm-hmm. every client's a little bit different um some want their money in the money out yeah those yeah. deals are a little bit harder to get now but they're still out there yeah some landlords are happy to part the money yeah um everybody's a little bit different yeah. um so yeah so on a personal level it's it's continue with our investment services because mm-hmm our investment services feed our letting agency, they feed the monster, if you like, yeah. um, uh, which is a really good way to build the business. Um, and on the back of that, personally, it, it, it's kind of, it's beneficial as well, because I'm yeah. able to build my own portfolio. All ties in together, All ties in, on. you know, yeah. it's, I mean, we, we do, you know, it's a little bit of everything almost, it, it almost feeds into one. Yeah. You know? yeah. Um, which is a good position to be in and it. The reality is if we didn't have that, we wouldn't have grown as much as, as we have done. Yeah. Um, you know, we're not a, general run-of-the-mill high street letting agency you know yeah. it's um and we we don't need to be we're not, we're not trying to be like you know we don't want to um you know sit around and you know let people come in from the street and ask if they've got what what property we've got to let you know we feel like we're a little bit more diverse than that you know we'll go to people and say right what are you looking for yeah let's go out let's find you something yeah. these are the numbers on it yeah um and as i said a lot of our clients they don't they wouldn't know birkenhead if they walk through it you know yeah, it's yeah. um you know but it's, it's a numbers game yeah. Um. And we we we're, we're really fortunate, as you will be with your clients. You know, you they they trust you. Mm-hmm. Um. And for us, that's a big thing because you know they are trusting you. with What is their biggest asset? Yeah. Um. In property, so for us that that means a lot. Yeah.
1: Okay. So that's great. Going to wrap it up there. Or yeah. yeah. Cool. It. Thanks very much. No Tom. problem. Cheers, to you Appreciate it. Thanks, Thanks for sharing. Much. Appreciate the opportunity. Thanks. Yeah.
2: It's brilliant having you. See you later. See you later. We talk about property, business, and everything in between. Hosted by Jack Heskin-Taylor and Joe McCarthy. Sharing the stories of entrepreneurs, property investors, and our journey to health, wealth, and happiness.